Welcome to Truths for Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. We're studying the life of Christ on Sunday mornings, and we're sitting in the audience now as our Lord is, is preaching His sermon that we call the Sermon on the Mount. Now, it's one thing to listen to Brother Chris. You know, that's an experience in itself, I'm sure. But it would be another thing to sit in the audience and listen to the Lord Jesus as he spoke and as he taught and as as he preached. And so this is a sermon by Jesus. And he's he's teaching, he's preaching to his disciples. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount is found in three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And in the sermon, Jesus kind of gives a handbook for Christian living. How are Christians to live in this world? Christians are to live a different kind of life, a distinctive kind of life. And we do that not to be saved, but we do that because we have been saved. And, and so the Sermon on the Mount, tremendous sermon, worthy, of course, of our study. Here's what Jesus said. Again, you have heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, Jesus said, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it, 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 it is his footstool nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Now, in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is giving examples of how Christian people his followers, his disciples, are to live a different kind of life from the world around us. We live in a world of lies and deceit. It's amazing. I sit in my recliner sometimes watching the news, and I'll hear a report, and sometimes I say to myself, and sometimes I say it out loud, all of that is a lie. <laughs> Do y'all ever do that? Or am I the only one that ever does that? You know, we, we live in a world full of lies, full of deceit. But in that world, Christian people are to be honest people. Our God is a God of truth. Our God tells the truth. He embodies the truth. His word is true. Because our God is a God of truth, then the people of God also must be people of the truth. Let me share with you a couple of verses from Proverbs. Proverbs 12, 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are His delight. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to Him. 
And among those seven things, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Our Lord hates lies. He is a God of truth. And He wants His people in a world full of lies and deceits to be people of the truth. Studies have shown our own personal observation tell us that lying, dishonesty, a lack of integrity has reached epic proportions in all stratas of American society. The problem of dishonesty in our country is so great, it has become so great that it has created an alarming attitude of mistrust in our country. A recent survey revealed that people believe that preachers tell the truth only 49% of the time. Now, I take umbrage at that, you know, but a recent survey said that people think, well, preachers who are supposed to, if anybody's going to tell the truth, it ought to be a preacher. People in America think preachers only tell the truth 40% of the time. People revealed and, and said that they only believe doctors 48% of the time. They only believe their best friend 26% of the time. <laughs> they only believe the local newspaper 8% of the time. Now, that seems a little high to me, but you know. The survey also said that they only believe the President of the United States 8% of the time. Now, I know that's way too high. And the leaders of Congress only 3% of the time. That's America. We have been so exposed to lies and deceit that we have developed an attitude of alarming mistrust in our country. I think one of the worst things that can be said about a person is this. You can't believe anything they say. Even if a person has great skill, even if they communicate well, even if they have a great personality, even if they are smart, even if they are intelligent, all of that, all of those positive qualities in their life is negated if you have the opinion that you can't believe anything they say. And so in these verses, here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying to us today, in a world full of lies and deceit and deception, the glaring exception to all of that in this world are to be Christian people, His people. The Bible says that we are to be honest in our words and honest in our deeds. Colossians 3, 8 through 10. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these things. Paul said you're to get rid of these things. These things belong to the old life. Now as Christians, you are to put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, Blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. And then he adds this, do not lie to one another. 
since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Paul said lying is a part of the old life. You are to put off lying and you are to put on truth and honesty. Ephesians 4.25 Therefore, putting away a lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. And so Jesus says, and we talk about, you know, how he was directing this to a particular group in his day, but what Jesus is saying in this group is, if you're a Christian, your yes should be yes, and your no should be no. In other words, always speak the truth. Be people of truth. Keep your promises and keep your oaths. Now, we are all born with a sinful nature. Chuck Swindoll says we're all born with the bends. In other words, we're all born with a bent towards sin. We're all born with a sinful nature. We inherited it that from our parents, they got it from their parents, and on and on and on and on, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned, it contaminated the whole stream of the human race. And all of us are born with a sinful nature. All of us are born with a natural inclination towards sin. And that includes a natural inclination to lying. Being dishonest when we feel like we need to, when we, we need to think we need to protect ourselves or to promote ourselves. We have a, there's, there's a, a natural inclination toward lying. Here's what Proverbs 58, 58.3 uh, says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. And so because we are all born with a sinful nature, we're all born with the bends towards sin, lying comes natural to us. Have you ever noticed? You don't have to teach a child to lie. Can I get an amen? You have to teach them to tell the truth. Lying comes natural to them. Because they have been born with a sinful nature. You don't have to teach a child to misbehave. You know, there's no schools out there for teaching children how to misbehave. It all comes natural. That sweet little baby you held in your arms, smelled so good, had that new baby smell, looked so wonderful, looked so marvelous. It's got its mama's nose, its daddy's ears, its grandpa's eyes. Well, it also inherited from them a sinful nature. That, it, you can tell that because two years later, they're whacking another kid upside the head in the nursery with a toy. You don't have to teach a kid to do that. They do that naturally. We're all born with a sinful nature. Now, God doesn't hold us responsible for that sinful nature we're born with until we get old enough to know better. And then he begins to hold us accountable for the sins that we choose to do. You don't have to teach a child to lie. You have to teach them to tell the truth. Because lying comes naturally for all of us. And here's the truth. You know this sermon is about truth? Well, here's some truth. We hate to admit it. We don't want to admit it. But we have to admit it. 
even after a person is born again, we still have to fight that old pull of our sinful nature. We still have to fight that natural tendency that we've been born with to lie, even after we've been saved. That's why you find over and over in the Bible, the New Testament and the Old Testament, commanding not unbelievers to tell the truth, but commanding believers to tell the truth. In the Bible, Abraham lied. He lied like a dog. He called his wife his sister. Technically, she was a half-sister, but he lied like a dog. Well, you say, well, the situation demanded a lie. No, it did not. Sarah lied. She left when God said she was going to have a baby. She's an old woman. And when God said, you're going to have a baby, she laughed. And when the angel called out her out for, for laughing, she said, oh, I didn't laugh. Lying, lie, lie. Moses lied. Aaron lied. Isaac lied. Rebecca lied. Jacob lied. Rachel lied. David lied. Peter lied. Even after you're saved and born again, you still have to, see, we have that residue of that old lost life still within us, still present within us. We won't be delivered from that until we go to glory. And so even after you're saved, you still have to fight that tendency that we're born with not to tell the truth. This is why over and over again, the New Testament commands believers to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to always be honest in our words and our deeds. This is very important that we be known as people of integrity and honesty. Because only if we are people of honesty and integrity will our life and our service be blessed by God's presence and power. God will not empower a liar. He will not bless a liar with his presence. If we want the power of God and the presence of God in our life, we must be people who are committed to honesty and integrity. Not only that, but the credibility and the power of our witness to the world depends on our honesty and our integrity. Nothing will undermine your testimony to the world quicker than being known as someone who has not told the truth. Now, lying was a big problem in the day of Jesus, as it is in our day today. The rabbis were such rascals. They were such rascals, the rabbis of Jesus' day. They concocted all of these elaborate ways where you could tell a lie while saying that you were telling the truth. They said, well, as long as you don't swear an oath by God, if you swear an oath by something like the temple or gold or the earth, you know, as long as you, you swore you were telling the truth by those things, if you happen not to fulfill your promise or you happen not to be telling the truth, it's okay. It's like this. When we were kids and we were saying something that wasn't true, but we had our fingers crossed behind our back. Somehow, someway, we thought having our fingers crossed behind our back excused us, right? And we, we could get away with not telling the truth. Well, that's what the rabbis had done. They had 
concocted these elaborate ways that you could actually lie and cover up, not telling the truth by making these promises. We say that sometimes. We say, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Have you ever said that? Well, you're, 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 you're making a declaration that what you're saying is true, that, that you, you bet your life on what you're saying is true. Well, the rabbis had concocted all of these elaborate ways of making these promises and telling these things. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, and this is, this is my paraphrase of what he says, don't listen to that garbage. Don't listen to that junk. If you're my follower, let your yes just be yes. And let your no just be no. Just tell the truth. And so as followers of Christ, our words should always be honest and true. And there is power in telling the truth. There is power in being known as as a person of honesty and integrity. A man by the name of Lee Strobel, who wrote a book, you know, about his coming to faith in Christ when he was an atheist and he he became a Christian. He tells a true story that illustrates the power of telling the truth. He tells the story of a seven-year-old baseball player from Florida by the name of Tanner, little kid, playing in a kid's baseball league. Well, Tanner and his team were playing in a very important baseball game, and Tanner was playing first base. A grounder came to little Tanner, and Tanner was a pretty good ball player. So he grabbed the ball, and as the runner was running past him from first to second base, he reached out to tag that runner as he was going from first to second base. Well, the umpire on the play said, he's out, call the runner out. Well, Tanner looked at the ball, then he looked at the umpire, and he said, excuse me, sir, but I missed him. I didn't tag him. The umpire said, you you didn't tag him out? Tanner said, no, sir, I didn't. So the umpire had no choice other than to reverse the call. He said, no, he's safe at second. Now, when Tanner got to the dugout, his teammates were not very happy. The umpire had called the runner out, and it was an important game, and his his fellow players and his coaches were not very happy with Tanner. Well, two weeks later, Tanner was in another ball game, another important ball game in his league. This time he was playing shortstop. Another grounder came to him, and as the grounder came to him. A runner was on second, and the runner was running to third base. Tanner got the ball, and he reached out to tag the runner as he went by. The very same umpire from, from the previous call was the umpire for that day, and he yelled when the runner went by that, that the, the, the player was safe. Hmm. A third, and that Tanner had missed the tag. Well, Tanner reacted. He kind of looked down at the ball, shook his head, and threw the ball to the pitcher. 
the umpire, who really liked Tanner, especially for telling the truth, noticed this, and he called time out, and he walked over to Tanner. And he said, Tanner, is something wrong? Tanner said, yes, sir. He said, this time I really did tag him. You called him safe, but I really did tag him. The umpire said, you really did? He said, yes. Then the umpire reversed his calling, his call, and he called the runner out at third. The other team's manager came running out of the dugout to protest him reversing his call. The umpire stopped the manager. He said, I want you to understand this. You look at that boy, Tanner. Tanner's a young man who tells the truth. And if Tanner says he tagged your player, then he tagged him and discussion is over. The umpire was saying this. He said, I know Tanner. I know him to be a young man of his word. I know that he tells the truth. Does the world know you as a person who tells the truth? There is power in being a person of honesty and integrity. In a world full of lies and deceit, Jesus wants his people to be people who are truth-tellers and people of integrity. Only by being people of honesty and integrity will our life and our service be blessed by God's presence and power. And only by being people of honesty and integrity will the credibility of our witness to the world will be magnified and solidified. Now, while Christians are to be people who tell the truth, we are, we are according to Ephesians 4.15, we are to speak the truth in love. In other words, while we are to be people who are telling the truth, we're not to be brutal with the truth. You know, sometimes people say, well, I'm brutally honest. And sometimes people, I've run into people who brag about just telling it like it is. You know, they, they're brutally honest. They'll tell it like it is. Be wary of people who brag like that. Because most often they're more brutal than they are honest. And they just enjoy... And usually those kind of people can give it, but they can't take it. Turn the tables on them, they don't like it whatsoever. Brother Chris has been there, and he's done that. And I hate to say it, but I did enjoy doing it. Y'all forgive me for that. We are to tell the truth, but we're to tell the truth with love. We're to be lovingly honest with people. Not compromising the truth, but telling the truth with love and grace. Listen, no one in the world was more honest than Jesus. But even when Jesus spoke his most severe judgments, he always spoke the truth, not out of anger, but he always told the truth with love. And you can do that. And we can do that. Now, let me add a word for husbands and wives. Please don't ask your spouse a loaded question. If you, please spare them that. We've all heard the story about the, the woman who was trying on a dress and she walked out to her husband and asked her husband, does this dress make me look fat? Now, we've all heard that story. Now, how's a husband supposed to answer that question, you know? So don't, don't, 
Don't ask a, uh, you know, your spouse a loaded question. But always be lovingly honest and fight that natural tendency we have not to be honest. Now, I want to tell you something, and let me caution you. Telling the truth will get you in trouble. Telling the truth in a world full of lies and deceit will always get you in trouble. It got Jesus crucified. And if you are a person who tells the truth, you can expect trouble in a world of lies and deceit. The Bible says that those whose lives are characterized by habitual, ongoing, an ongoing pattern of lying and deceit and dishonesty give evidence that they have never been born again. If it is the pattern of a person's life, if it's their, the habitual way they live, if they have an ongoing pattern of lying and deceit and dishonesty, if you can't believe a word that comes out of their mouth, that gives a pretty indicate, good indication that they have never been born again. I'm not the one who said that. The Bible is. John 8, 44. Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. If you're a liar, your spiritual father is Satan. That's what Jesus said. Revelation 21, 8. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual, immorally, immoral people, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. In other words, all people who are perpetual liars, that's who they are. That's their nature. They give evidence that they've never been born again. Liars are not lost because they're liars. They're liars because they are lost. It is important that the world knows God's people as people of honesty and integrity. Our witness to the world depends on it. Now, I have failed in this area often, and I ask God to forgive me. You fail too, and I'm sure that you've asked God to forgive you. I have to be honest with you today. This is a sermon about honesty. I have to be honest with you today. I'm not saved because I'm a good person. I'm not good. I'm a sinner. I am saved today by grace. If it were not for God's goodness, if it were not for God's grace, then I would be lost today and I would be lost forever. As saved as I am, here's another honest statement for you. As saved as I am, I still struggle with sin. I need God's help every single day to live the life that He wants me to live. You're not a Christian. There's seven truths I want you to hear quickly. Truth number one is this. There is a God. I don't care what this world tells you. I don't care how the, this world denies that there is a God. I want you to know, and my prayer is that the Holy Spirit of God, which is the inner witness that's within you right now, will confirm this truth. There is a God. And He is the God of the Bible. Amen. 
And He is the only God there is. The second truth I want you to hear is this. The God of the Bible is your Creator. You did not descend from a monkey. Evolution is not true. Evolution is a lie. It is a lie that has come from the very depths of hell itself. You can't force evolution into the Bible. Evolution is not the truth. The God of the Bible is your Creator. He's the one who made you. He made you as you are. And the God of the Bible knows everything there is to know about you. He knows the good stuff, the bad stuff. He knows every single thing about you. The third thing is this. You are responsible and you are accountable to God for how you live your life. The mantra of this world today is don't judge me. We don't want to be judged. We don't want anybody judging us. And how dare you Christians judge us with your Bible. Well, our judgment is not the judgment you need to worry about. The God who made you, the God who loves you, is the God that you will stand before one day and you will give an account to Him for how you have lived your life. Another truth that you need to know is because you have sinned against God, your Creator, many times over by disobeying His laws and His commands that are found in the Bible, you are lost. And you are separated from God. And that's the truth. That is the absolute truth. You and God are not good. You and God are not all right. You have rebelled against God. You've sinned against God. You've broken His laws and His commands that are found in His Word. And you've not done it just once and you haven't done it just twice. You've done it many times over. And because of that, because God is holy and you're a sinner who sinned against Him, you are not right with God. You are separated from God. Another truth is this. Hell, heaven is real. Heaven is real. But so is hell. And hell is the eternal destiny of all of those who refuse to confess and repent of their sin and seek His forgiveness through faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Yes, there is a heaven. But the same Bible that tells us the truth about heaven tells us the truth about hell. And no one in the Bible spoke more about hell than the Lord Jesus Himself. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish. Perish where? Perish how? The word perish means to be forever ruined, forever separated from God. Jesus came to save us from perishing in hell. And if that wasn't important, and if that wasn't necessary, the Son of God would not have come to this earth. But He came to make it possible that we might be saved from the penalty of our sin. He took our place. He took our punishment. He took the wrath we deserve upon Himself. He didn't have to do that, but He chose to do that. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He took our place. By trusting in Him and putting your faith in Him and confessing your sins and coming to Christ to receive His forgiveness and grace, He will save you. Another truth is this. God loves you. And He doesn't want you to be lost forever. That's why He sent Jesus to come into the world to make it possible that you might be saved in His child. God loves you. 
There's no one in this world who loves you more than the God who made you and the God who knows you. He loves you. Even though you're a sinner, He still loves you. Even though you've rebelled against Him, He still loves you. Even though you've turned your back on Him, He still loves you. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loves you. And He wants to save you. In the parable of the prodigal son, when the prodigal son came home, you know what the father did? He came running to the one who was coming to him. You take one step toward God in faith and repentance, and God comes running with mercy and grace. God loves you and He cares for you. And the last truth I want you to know is this. You can be saved today. <laughs> you can be saved today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till a more convenient time. You can be saved today in this place right now. Your life in this world and your eternal destiny can be changed today if you will come to Jesus Christ in repentance and faith. He will save you. He will come running with mercy and grace. And your life forever will be changed. And that's the truth. Thank you for joining us for our program today. Truths for Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall is a presentation of Hall Sports Communications. To contact us, you can send an email to chrishall71 at hotmail.com. That's chrishall71 at hotmail.com. Be sure to join us for our next program. Until then, stay safe and may God bless you.